Applications for the Techstars Tech Central Sydney Accelerator Class of 2024 are closing on the 22nd of May. I'm Kirsten Hunter, the Managing Director of Techstars Sydney, and I'm looking for diverse and unstoppable founders who are using technology to solve the world's biggest problems to join this Accelerator cohort. The 12 successful businesses will get access to our 13-week mentor-driven accelerator, $120,000 US investment, and access to the Techstars network for life. Head to our Accelerator webpage to learn more and to apply. It's just so fulfilling to be working on climate tech daily and to know that you can make a huge impact and help make a difference. Hello and welcome back to The Mix. My name is Charlotte Connell and I'm so excited to bring to you all the climate solutions and the incredible people behind them. And of course, I'm here with co-host Mick Levinskis. Hey Charlotte, great to be here. Very excited about this one in terms of an incredible solution and a wonderful founder who is a mum, a serial entrepreneur and incredibly passionate about building out a very challenging, um, very complicated technology. It's just an inspiring story. Charlotte, what did you uh, love about this podcast? I loved this podcast because... Yes, Raj is an incredible founder and she is so committed and she, I wish we could bottle up that enthusiasm and that commitment, but more so the technology. It's world first. It's carbon capture, but not as you know it. It's small scale and can be deployed across the 87 million diesel generators that are out there in the world. It's actually incredibly exciting. Let's take a listen. We are talking to Raj from DGen. Hey Raj, how are you going? I'm really good. Thanks for having me on today. Great to have you. So excited. Can we just start with a quick introduction to yourself and DGen? Sure. My name's Raj and I'm the founder of DGen. We have developed a solution to decarbonize the diesel generator sector. It's carbon capture and storage technology that can be retrofitted to a diesel generator and it captures the CO2 emissions before they are emitted into the atmosphere. Can I ask, where does it go once you capture this carbon? Inside the filter. So we have a chemical solution that sits inside the filter and as the filter is on, it traps the CO2 inside the bubbles that are forming and locks it away permanently. Amazing. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about the technology and how you developed it? I was working with an engineer in a previous startup and I learned a lot from him. I used to ask him a lot of questions about carbon capture and basically did an MBA on the job. I watched so many YouTube videos and read everything on the internet about carbon capture. I created a peer group of PhD students and I used to go to them for advice. I actually used to meet one guy every Sunday and he would give me lessons on carbon capture and basically teach me everything that he was learning at university. I looked at similar technologies that existed around the world and realised that there were some good parts to each technology, but no one had nailed the entire solution. So most of the technologies that were developed either used very expensive metals or heat, and they were just too complicated and expensive to commercialise. So that's when I was able to figure out a simplified solution that can be scaled at mass and is cheap to adopt. So Raj, I've met you a few times throughout the climate salad community. And for a company that's quite new, you have a lot of experience 
in building startups. You're a serial entrepreneur and you've also co-founded a couple of humans. How do you compare raising a family to building a company that's hopefully has the potential to save us? It's definitely much harder to raise kids. Raising kids has definitely taught me to have more resilience and patience. My husband is the most supportive person on this planet and helps so much with the kids. I think that is so important for ambitious women to have a supportive partner that is okay with taking a step back in his career and helping out with the family. I'm not going to lie, building a company that can save the world is probably a little more exciting than changing nappies every day. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, (laughs) it depends on what your kids have eaten that day. But um, (laughs) no, no, absolutely. It is really exciting. And I guess that's what motivates you to get out of bed and even, you know, take time away from kids is, you know, the opportunity cost of watching your gorgeous kids grow. You have to be doing it for something really worthwhile, right? Yeah, it's just so fulfilling to be working on climate tech daily and to know that you can make a huge impact and help make a difference. So very excited. So, and Raj, how did you get started? You're not an engineer. How did you get the space you're in? What drew you into this opportunity particularly? I co-founded an infant formula business and it really opened my eyes up to palm oil and all the deforestation that was going on. And infant formula companies also leave a really large carbon footprint behind just to create one product. I wanted to do better, so I created a formula that was using no palm oil and left the smallest footprint possible. My eyes really opened up to the devastation of climate change through this experience, and it was really hard not to want to get involved in climate tech and the climate space. Out of the blue, one day, a guy approached me to join his tech company. It was ag tech, and I was thinking perfect, like I really wanted to get into this space and I had been thinking about it for a while. So I decided to leave the formula business and move across to the ag tech company. I spent six to eight months doing due diligence and during this time I was really exposed to everything that was occurring in the whole ecosystem, so food waste, you know, on farms, and I actually did an accelerator program and learnt so much and became really passionate about this space. Shortly after, I realised the co-founders that I was working with were not putting in the effort and also not very credible. So I decided to leave that company and found Dejan. So that's how I got here. Raj, I'd love to uh, broaden this out a little bit. There's a lot of people listening who may associate climate tech with solar panels or EVs. Decarbonisation is a word that maybe everyone's not fully familiar with. Can you tell us what that is and why it's so important? Yeah, so traditionally a lot of our energy sources come from burning fossil fuel and that has created an excess of CO2 in the atmosphere. The excess CO2 has caused the rising temperatures and weather changes that we are seeing like floods and bushfires. Decarbonisation is reducing the amount of CO2 in our atmosphere by switching to clean tech or clean energy. And by doing this, we are hoping that we can reverse climate change. So globally, governments have put in milestones to achieve certain goals by 2030 and 2050 to reach net zero and decarbonise by these dates. 
net zero is a target that we're all trying to reach by 2050 and hopefully live in a world that no longer relies on dirty sources of energy and we will hope, hopefully reverse most of climate change and decarbonise by 2050. So to wrap our heads around what carbon capture is, it can get a bad rap. But in you know Speed and Scale, one of my favourite books, it's one of the solutions that we really need. Like we can reduce the impact, but we will also need to capture the carbon that's out there and what we'll be emitting once we can reduce it as much as we can. But carbon capture, it's it's huge. It creates a huge footprint. How is your solution different? And we think world first. Yes. Well, I think in the media, carbon capture has received bad rep because it's quite expensive and it hasn't always worked. And I think most investors and generally most people in this space are relying on easier solutions like SaaS or softwares that are trying to help climate change in different ways. So traditionally, carbon capture technologies cost millions of dollars to build and install pilot demonstrations. Not many technologies have commercialized and very few have scaled at mass. The byproduct needs to be transported and stored underground. And this process is very expensive and also leaves a carbon footprint behind. All of these technologies that have been developed have only focused on large-scale emitters. So if you look at the oil and gas industry, steel production or cement. And we believe we're the first company in the world to focus on small emitters and small-scale emissions. We have developed technology that only costs a few thousand dollars to build and install and the byproduct can be discarded directly into soil. So it's similar to soil carbon sequestration. We believe it is not possible to achieve net zero if you don't look at the entire ecosystem of emitters and we need to reduce emissions from all sectors. We can make a really big impact in reducing emissions and take pressure off these large emitters because if we rely on only the large emitters to reduce their emissions, we will not reach net zero a lot of these larger companies cannot afford to spend millions of dollars to reduce their emissions. So we are helping everyone out by developing our technology and scaling it globally. Yeah, thanks, Raj. Definitely a really important one. And um, yeah, I think a lot of people don't think about how far solar and wind have come to get to where they are in terms of efficiency and costs and and carbon capture storage just needs to go on that same journey. Speaking of journeys, your uh, the 18 month journey in developing your technology, figure out how to commercialize it. How did you find that as a founder? This is obviously some some really new parts of this, and I know you've studied hard and gone deep into it. How have you found that journey? Yeah, we spent just over 12 months in R and D. Initially, I had to learn the basics of engineering before I got started, so I had to do a bit of extra work. But once we knew the tech worked, we worked with an independent lab to validate our initial test results from the prototype. I think it was quite smooth sailing once we had the idea and the vision. The biggest challenge we faced was finding product market fit. We thought we had this amazing technology that was going to capture carbon. It worked. We validated test results. But we quickly realised we were in the wrong space. So we initially were focusing on 
restaurants, households, um, commercial buildings, and were planning to retrofit the technology on the chimney to capture emissions coming out of these sectors. But these customers are not incentivized to reduce their emissions at the moment, and we weren't really gaining traction in that space. So once we focused on diesel generators, everything fell into place, and we are now planning to install our first pilot in February 2023. You know, just thinking about that, I live in Queensland and I'm thinking, I don't have a chimney, but I would love to have something like this on my chimney. Can you talk to me about who are the diesel generator customers? Who who has diesel generators? Yeah, so there's a lot of people using diesel generators at the moment. So if you look at the mining sector, remote communities, for example, 80% of power supplied to remote communities is via a diesel generator. Third world countries have energy insecurities and nearly every house has a backup diesel generator. Actually, one of our first customers that we are about to work with now in Melbourne, they have a big factory in a residential suburb that is completely solar powered, plus they have normal electricity. However, they constantly run out of electricity and they use a diesel generator as a backup for power as well. So there's a lot of different customers using diesel generators. Over that journey and interacting with all those customers, what has been some of the big learnings for you that have really influenced the direction and growth of the business? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, we originally developed the technology to decarbonise restaurants. So when I used to work in hospitality, I noticed lots of smoke comes out of hospitality. Like every restaurant has a chimney or exhaust coming out of the roof and there's a lot of emissions being emitted out of each restaurant. But we realised that these people aren't educated or aware of the emissions that they are emitting. So that's when we pivoted and moved into the diesel generator sector. Actually, we met a mentor through Climate Salad. Mick, you introduced us to John Wood. And shout out to John if he's listening. But John is incredible with his knowledge. And he said to us, why don't you look into the diesel generator market? There's a huge problem with diesel generators. And my co-founder had actually mentioned it to me previously, but we never looked into it at that time. And once we started researching into the diesel generator sector, we realised there's a huge problem that needs to be solved. And in that moment, we gained focus. So I think that was the biggest difference. And when we pivoted and focused completely on diesel generators, everything made sense. We realised there's a huge problem. We spoke to customers and everyone was interested in reducing their emissions because companies are incentivised by the government to reduce emissions and companies also receive carbon credits to reduce their emissions. So, yeah, we found a really good product market fit. And globally, there are 83 million diesel generators that are emitting large amounts of CO2. So once we pivoted, we had great traction with customers, investors, mentors, actually even government bodies like NERA, 
are really interested in working with us. And then once we pivoted, I went back to, so we were in discussions with Third Derivative in the US and I went back to them with our new deck and showed what, you know, our new focus and they loved what we are now working on and have said that once our pilot is up and running, they want to work with us to scale the tech in the US. So that's very exciting. It's so good to hear that, um, you know, a mentor from our Climate Salad community was so helpful to you. We do have incredible mentors with vast experience that really do want to give back. And it's good to hear that journey from, you know, carbon capture, which we think of as, as large, but by going smaller, you're able to scale faster and actually have a bigger impact. I wanted to ask you, for people listening, and you have explained carbon capture really well, Raj, are there any cons to how it can be done? What are the pitfalls? Yeah, well, carbon capture generally is using technologies that can capture CO2 emissions before they are emitted into the atmosphere or by using direct air capture technologies that suck CO2 from the atmosphere. Usually the CO2 is captured and stored underground and this process is very expensive and hard to scale at mass. And that's why we haven't seen many carbon capture technologies scale and become mainstream. These technologies also use chemicals that are very toxic and hazardous. So you can't really scale them at mass and have you know so many people being exposed to the technologies generally engineers and scientists are on site working on the capture process but we have developed the world's first plant-based liquid solvent which means that we can capture the co2 and it's non-toxic and non-hazardous so it's very safe to handle so you know someone working in a factory or in a remote community can handle the liquid solvent and it's not toxic or dangerous and basically they can run the technology. It's very simple and easy to use. So that's the difference between what we're about to do and what was previously done. Hang on a second. So you haven't got an engineering background, but you came up with this incredible technology to capture and store carbon and a plant-based solvent. Yeah. Raj, how do you do this? How do you get, this is amazing. Well, actually my co-founder that I brought on has been working in this space for over 15 years. And he said to me, Raj, do you understand this is novel breakthrough <laughs> liquid solvent and that we will probably improve so many other technologies out there capturing carbon because they also won't need to store the carbon underground if they use our liquid solvent. So, yes, I think it's more the entrepreneur side. Like I was able to look at everything with a different lens. I think engineers and scientists get very complicated and they kind of work in a square box, like what they've been taught their whole life. So Yeah, it's amazing. And I'm so glad you got good support from John. He has been a, a great mentor to a number of the Climate Salad members. What other benefits have you had from being a part of the Climate Salad community? Uh, I think um, I've really got my money's worth, Mick. <laughs> um, it's opened so many doors for me. Even most recently, 
I applied for Start Me and I've just had so much support from alumni. They're all cheering you on and just helping with any questions that you have to prepare for your interviews. John has opened a lot of doors for us and just provided support ongoing. And then I've had other mentors as well just help out and answer any questions that we have along our journey. So it's been amazing. That's really, really good to hear been wonderful hearing about the journey in the technology we'd love to finish with a few little quick fire responses about sort of broader climate positive in action areas uh you ready to go for that yeah sure what's one positive climate action that you do in your personal life that you'd love to share well i most recently implemented a heat pump at my house so in the middle of making that transition at the moment But personally, I also believe my generation, we are over-consuming and purchasing much more than we need. So I think it's a really good thing to live a minimalistic lifestyle and try and purchase less because we are destroying our planet by purchasing more than we need. Could not agree more. What's an interesting climate fact that you didn't know that you were amazed to find out? Yeah, I recently learned that parts of China and Bangkok could be underwater by 2050 if we don't reverse the damage that we have caused to our planet. So that's scary. It is, yeah, so much of the world. There's some really interesting maps online. But this is supposed to be focused on new solutions and hope, so um, I'll quickly pivot away. I know you were multiple entrepreneurial experiences in, but um, what advice would you give to aspiring climate tech founders? Yeah, so the number one piece of advice would be to join Climate Salad. I think it's an amazing community to also get your tech out there to let everyone know what you're working on and then also receive support. Do not take no for an answer. I think if it's not working, pivot. Also find your first believers. Great mentors are life-changing and they'll open doors that might take years otherwise. Just a side note, we did not pay Raj to say that. Um, Raj, it's so great to meet you and learn about your dedication and commitment and resilience to just building this and going after this as a real climate solution. I get a real kick out of meeting the climate tech founders who are building these solutions. What is it that gives you hope? Yeah, I think... Number one, people are starting to acknowledge that deep tech is needed to decarbonise. Like we cannot decarbonise without deep tech. So, you know, we really need to get investors on board and people to get behind deep tech. I really think that people are starting to take action and make a difference in their personal life and make small changes. And governments seem to be getting better at making climate change a priority and decarbonisation. It certainly gives me hope too, and and I know it gives Mick some as well. Yeah, that's it's a, it's great. Like it's it's there's no single solution to all these things. It is it is complex. It is hard. It's not going to be done easily and immediately. But we need lots of people pursuing lots of different ways to solve big problems. And uh, Raj, really wonderful to hear your story today. I, I hope that you have continued success, continued momentum. You seem like someone who's just going to keep knocking down doors and walls until until you make this work. So uh, very exciting to see that. And, and thanks so much for for sharing your story with us here today. Thanks so much for having me.